Welcome in once again, Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. And these are still unprecedented times. And Rebecca Stein, Ph.D., emphasizes in this episode the value of flexibility and the evolution within a business. Now, the heart of Rebecca's success, however, is her ability to elevate those around her. By the way, I suggest that you go to the show notes for this particular episode, because since we recorded this last year in 2020, many exciting things have happened to Rebecca regarding her startup. So check that out. But first, check out this interview. It is episode number 133 featuring Rebecca Stein. Here we go. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Litnikoff with Rebecca Stein, Ph.D., and she does a lot, and she has a lot going on. I honestly, as I follow her on LinkedIn, I have no idea how she gets everything done that she does. So she is the proprietor of Room 33 Speakeasy. Great place. If you ever make it to Erie, check that place out. It is uh, wonderful. And also, she is the Advancement and Marketing Director for the Erie Day School and Director of Special Initiatives for the Erie County Redevelopment Authority. If, if that's not enough, she holds three degrees, Bachelor of Music and Piano Performance from Mercier's University, a Master's Degree in Public Administration from Gannon University, and a Ph.D. in Organizational Learning and Leadership focus on Entrepreneurial Leadership, and that's also from Gannon University. Whew. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I've used this line before, Rebecca, but it's true. I'm happy I'm a swimmer to be able to have the breath to say all that. But wow, that's great. And uh, thank you very much for being here. And I appreciate your time this week. Thanks for having me. Oh, great to have you. So I kind of gave people the basics of your bio, but um, we can take it any number of different directions. But I'd say I'd like to hand the mic over to you right now and have you uh, talk to the audience about your background and kind of what makes you tick in business. Okay. Generally speaking, I'm actually really bad at talking about myself, especially I do a lot of different things because I like to have an impact on the community and different groups and organizations. But when it comes right down to it, I tend to gloss over things that might be slightly important. So if throughout this conversation, you know, you are thinking of anything you'd like me to expand upon, please feel free. Okay. Sounds good. Deal. Okay. So I'm actually, I was born and raised in Erie and I've had a, a, a strong passion for seeing our community thrive over the last several years. As you mentioned, I have all these lovely degrees and the PhD in leadership just happened this past May during COVID. So I guess if there was an upside to the pandemic, it was that it gave me an opportunity to complete my dissertation and to defend. So that was, it was great to get that done. It had been a journey that had started back in like 2012. So Jeff, you know a little bit about me. You know, we go back in professional circles, you know, several years. But most recently, I guess we could go back to like, I've run for political office a couple of times because I was hoping to make a greater impact in the community at a different level. And when I didn't win in 2015, uh, I had run for city council. I I was hoping my husband, who then ran in 2017, would get in, and, and he did not. But we both kind of decided to put our money where our mouth was and invest in the downtown area. So hence Room 33 Speakeasy was born. We wanted, I wanted to have something that was a little different than your typical bar and restaurant. So 
if you have been into any speakeasy across the country, you know they have some secret little entrance or some cute little thing that you have to do to get into the into the back room. And ours has like a little bookstore variety sort of shop. And you go through a bookcase to get into the back room there. I tell you what, and one thing I'd like to focus on with room 33 is, is that, say, it's a business that is not that old. And so it's, you know, it's a, it's a relatively new business. And as we record this, it's October 2020. And you've really had to put your entrepreneurial skills and all your leadership skills to the test because uh, like with many small businesses, especially in the restaurant and bar industry, COVID-19 had quite an effect on you. So maybe you could talk about how you've been able to kind of navigate this crisis and pivot to keep yourself afloat and have the business ready for better days ahead. So we launched Room 33 back in 2017. We had a quote unquote soft opening on New Year's Eve probably in the midst of one of the worst winters that Erie has experienced. So that kind of set the precedent, I think, for us as we were launching. The first two years were really good. I We've had an exceptional team along the way, along with a couple of people who have been with us from the beginning. And without them, we wouldn't even be where we are. But once COVID hit, at the time that we had shut down the bar, 90% of our sales were bar sales. So we really knew we had to pivot what we were doing in order to succeed during that time. You know, we were hopeful that the shutdown would only be a month or a couple of weeks to a month, which we were originally anticipating. I think we were all originally anticipating that. But in during that time, we decided to kind of ramp up our, our food efforts. You know, we had a great chef. We had a great team. We just hadn't had the opportunity to kind of expose those talents and skills and attributes that we had brought to the table, you know, for the past couple of years. So we capitalized on that. We started doing a lot more takeout. We brought in third-party delivery services in order for people to get their, you know, their food to go. We did curbside takeout. And we were on social media every single day, whether it was sending out a newsletter to our base or being on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, promoting different specials. We were just kind of moving with things as they went along. So it was Within that time, probably within two months, I think our sales probably increased up to 30% food sales, you know, 30 to 40%, which is pretty remarkable in a short amount of time. And I, I have to salute your social media efforts. Like one of the things that really stood out to me was you were doing classic movies and takeout, kind of like, and it was a shared experience that you were doing. Like, I can't remember if it was on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, but it was like where you were like having, uh, you, you made people feel like they were part of a community. At least that was my perception. Yeah, you know, we really took advantage of this, we were all in this together sort of aspect. I really enjoy collaborating with other organizations and businesses and lifting other people up as often as I can. You know, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? It's something that I say all the time. And and the more, even though we're all in somewhat of a competitive sphere, by us all succeeding, you know, it just helps our community thrive. So we worked with like, we worked with the Erie Movie House. We did a series of movies and dinners to go for probably a little over a month. We had one like every Thursday night and that was a great little experience. We worked with Mighty Fine Donuts when we did Sunday brunches. We worked with Altered State. We worked with Luminary Distilleries when we did a brunch with them too. So anytime we could take advantage of working with different organizations, you know, we were on it. Well, I'll tell you what, side note, if you come to Erie and you don't try Mighty Fine Donuts, then you're missing out on an experience. And uh, that's all I will say about that. But you laugh, you laugh because you, uh, you being an Erieite like me, <laughs> you know that experience, right? 
Oh, they're my favorite. Yes. Oh, they're amazing. So anyway, back to what lessons that you might have taken out of all of this kind of pivoting that you had to do. Maybe some lessons that A, you're going to move forward in your business and then B, what are and and, and then a second part of that question is what what do you think you could maybe impart to entrepreneurs and business owners and managers listening right now that you think might help them out? So one of the things that we employed during the shutdown was early on, you were not, Pennsylvania was not allowed to sell alcohol to go. So we were a craft cocktail bar and we decided to capitalize on the talents of our team and create these, you know, these mocktail, these spirit free um, cocktail beverages. And we bottled them up and they were all made with all natural ingredients and we sold them to go that people could add a spirit to. Those were wildly popular during that time um, when we couldn't sell alcohol. So as a result of that, we established a company called Blind Tiger Elixirs, and we're in the process of hopefully, fingers crossed, um, getting a distribution network for a series of spirit-free cocktails that are based and inspired by drinks of the pre- and post-prohibition era. So we've been working with a beverage consultant down in Pittsburgh for a couple of months, and she was able to create a product that was shelf-stable, and we currently have four different beverages that we are working to find a co-packing facility to produce in mass and hopefully get them on some shelves. So I'm hoping that that kind of is a spinoff for us in the future. That was something that we pivoted to do and it, it really seemed to be successful. So we're hoping to kind of capitalize on that as we move forward. Plus there's a lot of people in this world that are, you know, they're getting into the more healthier beverage lifestyle. So they're always looking for unique and classic alternatives to alcoholic beverages when they're, when they're going out to bars or restaurants. Oh, that's great. So it, it sounds like a whole new business unit has developed because of the lessons that you learned as you are pivoting your business. Yeah, it, it's still really very much a startup, but we have invested some money, like I said, to get the product going and to get the shelf-stable formulas. But now it's just in the place where we're trying to get it mass-produced. So. All right, so lessons that you might like to impart to other entrepreneurs. What are some takeaways that you have? It doesn't have to be takeaways. could be takeaway that you might want to talk to other business owners, entrepreneurs, et cetera, about as they maybe navigate their own crises and challenges in their businesses. I think most entrepreneurs innately know this or should know this, but it's really about being flexible and malleable to things that, that arise. COVID was the extreme version of that. For us and for for many businesses, but alternatively, there's been a lot of businesses in our community and our society at large that have been around for a really long time and were able to do things a certain way for a really long time. And and COVID has kind of disrupted that model, not just in the hospitality industry, but a lot of other industries as well. So I think really it's just being able to be able to go with things as they happen. And I think anybody who survives this and is able to kind of pivot and thrive really can take on almost anything, I think, moving forward. I mean, this is probably one of the most impactful things that could have happened to us. So it's doing that and it's just remaining patient throughout the process. These are just the entrepreneurial mindset skills, being risk proponent, being empathetic, having the grit and determination throughout these types of situations and, and knowing that at any time things might change. Well, I know that you are out in the community a lot, at least you were in the pre-COVID days and you're getting back out there, of course, as, as we all are. But let's talk about kind of your driving force, at least my perception, as you said earlier in the interview, we've been in the same business circles for quite 
quite some time. And my my perception of you has always been that you are you're, you're very much and you, you said at in the interview, all boats rise type of person. You're very much a cheerleader for the community. You're very much somebody that is very supportive of the community and you really love it when Erie wins, when your community wins. So talk to me about where that passion comes from and how you got to that place. Room 33 to me, it's definitely something that you're passionate about, but it it fits into that whole narrative of, of the overall passion you have for entrepreneurship and lifting Erie. You know, I think it's probably twofold, right? So I've been involved in a variety of organizations over the years from a volunteer perspective or a professional perspective. And I've really had the opportunity to get to know so many different missions and organizations and people throughout the community that I have that emotional tie to them as well as we move forward, you know, collectively. But in addition to that, I had a really big drive for politics for whatever reason, and not so much at the state or federal level, but just because I felt at the time that it would be the most impactful thing. So I was involved in a lot of different campaigns and different circles. And and one of the things that I always took with me was that all politics is local, right? So that all the things that you really need to change and your livelihood start locally. And I guess I think that same way when it comes to business as well, when it comes to competition, like all business is local, everything that's going to help us thrive or grow, you know, all starts at home. And by being able to support those around you, then I think it only helps, you know, exponentially when it goes out into the, you know, state or federal levels or national levels, I guess. And how do you balance now that you're, you know, now that you're running a business and you have all these things going on, you're trying the startup and everything, or not, I shouldn't say trying the startup, but, you know, like you, like you said, the startup's in its early stages. How do you balance the, because you're still, uh, from what I see is you're still very much out in the community supporting others. How do you balance all that? How do you balance kind of the needs of your fledgling businesses with kind of your mission to support the community? You know, I think it's just the uh, it's just prioritizing and reprioritizing things as you move forward. I try to do the best I can is to try to live day by day in the moment. Right. Because if I think too far ahead, I get very anxious. And <laughs> as, as I think most people do, and, and I have moments like that for sure. But I try to do what I can when I can do it. And I think by trying to be present, that helps me to be able to determine what needs to be done when and and how to prioritize those things on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, definitely. You can only, it's one step at a time, right? You can only, <laughs> I'm only a podcast host, right? But, you know, as you are doing your tasks for the day, you can think about the hundred tasks you need to do, but you can only do one at a time, right? Right. And it can become very overwhelming. I mean, I know I've taken on a lot, especially in the last several months, but I'm hoping that a lot of this will set me up for the future. So that's why I continue to try to be present with everything. All right. Well, let's get into our final two questions here. And of course, the question I have, the first of the two is the resource question. Of course, we're going to have links to all of the uh, things that you've talked about, Room 33, your fledgling startup, all that other good stuff. We'll have, we'll have all of those links for people to find. But what are some links that you'd like to point people at or some things that you think might inspire them? Um, you know, I guess it really kind of depends on the industry that, that they're in, right? So, I, you know, there's a lot of different things out there. One of the, one of my go-tos as of late in the hospitality industry has been, from a Pennsylvania standpoint, the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. You know, they've been the ones who've been helpful to me 
throughout this entire crisis, I've been able to stay in the loop of legislation and activities and everything that's been going on. And they've been immensely helpful in that arena. And so has early on staying in the loop with our county and just even our local news sources, the, the Erie Reader, Go Erie find, you know, I get most of my information there. Of course, I'm always scrolling on Twitter and in different places like that. And I find little pieces here and there. But from my daily check-ins, those are kind of the places that I go to. So the takeaway really is, is to plug in to, first of all, your industry sources, things that are relevant to you, stay abreast of all that stuff, and then also plug into what's going on in the local community, whether it's by news sources or the government agencies or, you know, the dif- different governing bodies. Because as you said earlier in the interview, things happen locally, and that's where you have to be most plugged in. Yep, Exactly. All right, well, I am going to hand the microphone over to you, and thank gosh I'm doing that because I'm awfully um, stuttery today. <laughs> so I'm going to hand the microphone off to you. I don't even know if that's a word, Rebecca, but I just <laughs> I just made it up. Anyway, since I like to give the uh, guest at the end the floor, I'd like to hand the microphone over to you and have you address the audience with whatever you would like to tell them. So you go ahead and address the audience with whatever you'd like to say. (laughs) I appreciate the opportunity that you've given me today to be able to talk a little bit about the industry and my background and the business overall. And, And I think getting to know these particular industries, even from a higher level, you know, perspective gives you garners a little more insight you know, for the general population, because I think there's a lot of opportunity to learn about a lot of different things locally. So, you know, I'm hopeful that the community continues to support all the organizations that are are working through this, you know, this pandemic and everything out there. And that, you know, we remain hopeful during this process that hopefully, you know, hopefully there's a vaccine, hopefully something comes out soon. So life can return to somewhat of a normalcy by next year. So I really guess it's just that, just for us to remain hopeful and vigilant and continue to be supportive of each other. Well, it's a great message to end on. And Rebecca Stein, owner and proprietor of Room 33, Speakeasy, and then, of course, so much more, as we talked about in the interview. And I really want to tell you that I appreciated your time. The audience appreciated your time. And thank you for being here this week. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Listening to your intuition. Very important, according to our next guest, Susan Shumsky. She explains how listening to her intuition led her to her true purpose and also how she used her own inner voice to demand the opportunities she deserved. Listen in to understand the importance of persistence in work and self-advocacy. Here's a little bit from Susan. It's really a matter of trusting that inner voice, trusting the still small voice within. That's where my success has come from all along, is listening to that inner voice and having the faith and trust to follow it. You know, I mean, people do get gut feelings, but sometimes they just, oh, that can't be right, you know. And then they don't trust it, they don't follow it, and they miss out. Okay, it doesn't have anything to do with an inner voice, but it does have to do with listening, as in us getting more listeners with your help. One of two things you can do. Share the podcast that you find relevant or rate and review the podcast. If you could do both, it would be amazing. But regardless, we appreciate you being here every week. And thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week.